Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Well, this conversation with Tom Casey, who is the founding partner of Discussion Partners Collaborative, will tell you a bit about me as well as a lot about him. This is the fourth time, I believe, that Tom and I have joined for this podcast, and here's what it is about me. I love to talk to people who are looking ahead, making prognoses, reading really big tea leaves, getting a a feel for what's coming around that next corner. I've always admired people who do that plausibly, because who really knows what's around the corner, but they've got a pretty damn good idea. And this is part of what Tom offers to their clients and to people who read his books and blogs. So what are we looking at this time? What's around the corner? Well, it's already here. And that is the shaking to the pillars of the trust that we have collectively, perhaps even around the world, in the durability of our institutions. Big picture, right? And big concern. But he focuses on who he listens to very carefully, that would be the high potential leaders who will be succeeding those who are throwing in the towel for one reason or another. And what they're picking up there is what you'll hear him talk about with me. It's a a small sign of a trend, and that is the word disgusted that capture your interest it sure did mine so here is uh, a very uh with it observer and consultant to two senior leaders tom casey there are some people folks who i can't wait to get back to for another episode uh it's a pattern that's emerging in the podcast there are several people who who not only are going through practice changes and not in the case of Tom, his practice is pretty stable, but what's changed is what Tom studies. And this is Tom Casey. And and I should have been prepared to cite a few of the previous episodes, but if you just come back and look down the the lineage of this, you'll see how Tom and I have, uh, I think an evolving uh, theme uh, that was particularly uh, made prominent because all of us have so far, if we're listening, survived the pandemic. Today, not the president, he has COVID, but God help him that he'll be fine. But the fact is that if we heard news that the president, this current president had COVID back before the tremendous effort to have vaccinations, then we would be looking at a very dangerous situation. So Rather than keep rambling here, let's let's put it to the point. Just before I turned on the recording, I said to Tom, I still get the feeling that the the it's like a big forest fires that they used to have that after uh, the fires were going, you'd have the ash. It would be raining down, and then the winds would carry it and be raining down far far away from its source. So in a way, the 
the ashes of the pandemic and the change that people's lives, group lives, business lives, societal lives are still kind of raining down. And we're looking to see what's there, what's going on. So, Tom, this is Tom Casey, who is a founder of Discussion Partners Collaborative. And what's their primary service? Tea leaves, reading them well. <laughs> and uh, so what are you seeing in the tea leaves now, Tom? Yeah, we would, you know, thank you, David. It's nice to be back with you. Uh, I think that rather than reading tea leaves, I think that we try to stay one chapter ahead in everybody else's book or thought leadership in order to look smart. Okay, I think that 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 seems to be more of the business model of myself and my like uh, fellow partners. It's like it's it. just try to be sponge for what other people are thinking, saying, and what's the implications for the leadership development strategies that we're offering to our clients. But mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. let me let me extend your metaphor in terms of the forest fire. Torture away, torture away. Well, it, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, because what, what's happening is we're, we're rapidly getting to that point where particularly those of us who are older and been around a lot, you know, mm -hmm. we, we have this assumption of sustainability and continuity. And if I extend your logic here, I'm beginning, and my partners and I have been discussing what happens if we turn off the hose, turn on the hose to put out that fire and there's no water? Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's, that's actually what um, uh, has taken us in a new direction in terms of the discussions we've been having. What, what, what happened is there's always an inflection point or a pivot when you're talking to uh, uh, current uh, C-suite executives or mm -hmm. in, in uh, some of our service offerings that um, uh, we're dealing with the high potentials of the future leaders. Mm -hmm. And what happened is in April that in the discussions we were having with high potentials, we were beginning and we were talking about how are they perceiving leadership, you know, and on the geopolitical level, on the commercial level, and on the other levels they kept using the word disgust okay wow. and and they were and they were articulating it uh with a degree of militancy i mean almost to the point where it felt like you know you were having a conversation with an ex-wife or an ex-husband that was like and another thing and another thing all the things <laughs> you never got a chance to say oh, were flying man. were flying at you in terms of this discourse Wow. And, you know, we have, we, we collaborate and, and, you know, we say, well, what, what, you know, what's going on? What's what, one of the things we always track is what are we hearing? We're, we're surprised by. Okay. And it was this, it was Disgust. this. And, you know, we would just say, okay, let's go back, ask them what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you got to remember this is April 22. One example was uh, Will Smith getting up and slapping somebody at the Oscars. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and the comments being the only good news is that uh, uh, Chris Rock uh, was also black. Okay. Now, if you follow that logic, the fact that anybody was being slapped at an Oscars and were relieved because, okay, they were of the same color, that that suggests turbulence. Yes. The other, the, the other examples, you know, um, and it had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or, 
or uh, racial affinity. It had everything with do with just basic respect. Is yeah. when Justice Jackson was going through her um, nomination uh, process. You know, I mean, it, it, it's always a political issue here. I'm mean, going back to to uh, uh, Bork, right through uh, Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. right to Gorsuch, Gorsuch and uh, uh, Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that it's a political issue, but it's not an insulting political issue. You know, you don't you don't refer to a justice's findings and recommendations as similar to Nuremberg. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the fact that when you know this is our first black female justice, who by all accounts is going to be a terrific force mm-hmm. uh, on the court for decades to come, the only senator standing there celebrating it from the Republican side was Mitt Romney. Yeah, and people people notice this stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, you and I have been around long enough. Is I mean, one of the things that will always astound me is when I'd be working with younger associates, and I was saying, "Well, what did you notice?" They would be talking about what you were wearing, how you behaved, how you resolved the conflict. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. we we don't we don't appreciate, and it's not limited to the younger folks. I mean, the older folks are noticing the too. The thing too is, mm-hmm. you know, I you know my my wife was a former client, and I I really was very careful as to what ties I was wearing before I went and saw her. <laughs> okay, because I knew that was check, check, check. But the, the thing is that the people are observing it. And, and, and let me kind of take that. We, we, we started tracking it, and I think we wrote a blog that was kind of like heads up to leaders. People seem to be really irritated right now. Be advised. Don't screw up on what you're saying or manifest careful, lack of yeah. empathy. Be respectful. Yeah. What happened is, and this is, I'll share a personal story, is... Uh, uh, when the when the original draft of what ultimately became the Supreme Court um, finding on Roe versus Wade came out, when the original draft came out, uh, the high school I attended here in Massachusetts um, uh, is uh, the people who I graduated with. They've t- they've tended as as a constituency to become much more conservative. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I would say that I'm I'm a moderate they're much more conservative than I am. When, when we go to these reunions and politics begin being discussed, I, I, I kind of look in front of me to see if there's any sharp objects that could be used against me, you know, because, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, being a moderate at the end discussions with this group, it, it's, it, you know, sometimes it's not life-threatening, but kind of looking forward to somebody saying, check, please. But the, the, <laughs> what, what I purposely did is I, I sat between two women who um, I did not know well in high school. Okay, I, I, I transferred into the high school. But I was very curious as two women who I knew were highly educated, very professional, very conservative, what they thought about what seemed to be the opinion coming out. And both of them said the same thing. It's they don't agree with abortion, but they really don't like the idea of being told what to do with their body yeah, yeah. or their children or their granddaughters being mm-hmm. told that that went, you know, and consistent with the 70 percent of the U- U.S. who are being polled saying, you guys screwed up. You should have left it. That's right. Then what we get dealing with right now, and it's just why we're, we're calling it internally the crucible, 
is you're, you're looking at, it was just last week, I believe, or the week before, Gallup came out and it essentially said, there's been a decline in our faith in our own institutions over the last 15 years. Huh. Now, we always look at the presidential approvals, okay? And, you know, um, both President Trump and President Biden's numbers plummeted down below 40% and just stuck there during mm -hmm. their entire administrations. So we're kind of used to that. Uh, we're, we're used to Congress, you know, everybody thinks that they're clown car sometimes, you know, so they never been good. But the Supreme Court was actually held in fairly high esteem. Yeah, you got a point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it just dropped like a rock. Mm -hmm. And I was I was watching an interview with, um, you know, Benjamin Franklin had this quote, somebody asked him what, what, you know, what type of government did you leave us with? And he says, a republic, if you can keep it. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, there was an interview with uh, John Meacham right around the time, and I think he was referring to the Gallup polls. So he's the historian that a lot of these folks listen to. Yeah. He's an evangelical. I mean, he's he's uh, just a very, sm very smart man at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his, uh, his prediction was, you know, we had a 200-year run. Maybe it's over. Okay. Well, when Meacham says that, he wasn't being uh, you know, trying to be provocative to uh, you know get some sound bites yeah. out of it. He, I've listened to him off and on for a long while, and right. for, he is a scholar, uh, but a very good uh, uh, spokesman for trends, you know, like you are. So yeah. But did you yes. ever think in our our dotage, and I'm linking it back to the feedback that we're getting um in our dotage that we would actually be talking about the future of our democracy no matter how bad things go okay that that, becomes a, that becomes a topic and then then we then we look at this whole issue is this is where the word disgust comes in if you're talking to the younger leaders future leaders current leaders about you know how you're seeing the world and how you're seeing leadership in both the abstract and the tactical mm -hmm. if the word disgust is coming up you have a problem yeah. you know you and and you know we as i as i was kidding you we try to stay two chapters ahead of somebody else's book uh but you know one of the things that we um uh monitor is uh, one of the things that President Kennedy said when he was drawing the, the, the gaunt, throwing down the gauntlet about going to the moon, one of the parts of his quote is, we're not doing this because we're easy, we're doing it because it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And one of the things uh, President Johnson said when he was being chastised by close friends, fellow Southerners, uh, uh, about the promotion of the Civil Rights Bill. He said, what good is the presidency if you don't do the right thing with it? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it, it's leading us up to, to, to what we're, we're talking to the leaders, the C-suite executives about right now, and we're referring to it as the crucible. And uh, we consultants, we always like to have a title or a name or, or something. Oh, it gets their attention. Um, if they're not sitting up but, on the rim of the crucible, yeah, it, <laughs> you know, looking well, down in. Yeah, but we use an example about the difference in terms of training, in terms of the armed forces. There went a period where uh, other branches, and, and I've been in the military associated with it for a long time, 
mm-hmm. uh, and served in two branches, the Air Force and then the Army. And the training, you know, that uh, was, was, you know, the, the, certainly the basic training was difficult. Okay. You know, they dismantle you and then they put you back together and then, you know, channel your energies and directions that are mission critical. Uh, the Marine Corps during this period uh, where the other branches were kind of maybe taking it down a level in the hopes they would get more recruits, the Marine Corps actually upped up the pain and suffering associated with their training. And there is, was at the time, I'm not sure it still exists, but there was at a time where at the end of a training, there was a for a day and a couple of days of forced marching, uh, sleep deprivation, challenges, uh, ongoing, and they called it the crucible, basically saying, okay, you're not a Marine until you can achieve this. Yeah. Okay. That's a good analogy, a scary one, but true. Well, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it helps people organize, helps us organize our thinking when we're communicating with leaders right now saying, mm-hmm. all right, look, at, we really don't care where you are in terms of leadership anymore. Okay. It's irrelevant. All right. We, as, as consultants, it's irrelevant. But what you should care is everything that's going on around you and how your associates are looking at it totally independent of their jobs. Uh Are you as a leader? Okay. And a lack of awareness of that and a lack of taking positions where um, they're important, that's not going to help you. Okay. If anything, it's going to make you look like a moron. So yeah. listen up, look outside what's going on, take positions. And we've talked about this before, engage in the dialogue with your folks. Okay. Take informed decisions and do the best you can. Okay. There's a, a, yesterday, uh, our organization is part of this um, uh, movement, if you will. It's called the uh, Council for Inclusive Capitalism. Mm. They had a major, it's a global organization. It's sponsored uh, uh, by Pope Francis. It's facilitated by uh, a member of the Rothschild family. And uh, it was looking at, you know, what can be done to bike organizations like Bank of America, like Deloitte, like um, uh, Visa, who are all participants in this, what can the big companies do and the small companies do that can support capitalism that benefits more people? Okay, there's there's basically a trickle down effect to people in terms of capitalism, but also there's stands that are taken, okay, like climate change Mm -hmm. and like uh, voting rights. Uh, that are important to the employees of their organizations, but just important to everybody. Everybody should be paying attention to it. Yes. And they, they had a, a global briefing yesterday that I attended because we're, we're involved with it in a very minor way. One of my former clients is the executive director of it, which is how we got introduced to it. But I was listening to this and I'm saying they, they're, they're thinking along the lines of the crucible that we've been talking to our folks about. Okay, and really? their focus their focus is on capitalism and climate change. Okay, and they're they're essentially saying is we've all got our positions on this. We need to start thinking about what 
what roles do we want to play in addressing these? Because we're not going to get a whole bunch of help. The governments can only take it so far. Yeah, that was that was their logic. Yeah. So the net net is this disgust issue going back in April. We're talking now the difference between April and July. Mm-hmm. Lots going on in the world. And a lot of people are starting to step back and saying, unless we get organized and stake out a position on this, I, I used an old Titchy cannibalizing a, a quote from one of his books, Control Your Destiny or Somebody Else Will. Mm-hmm. And what, what I've been thinking along the line, but, you know, we need to control our destiny or circumstances will. Uh, that's a key point, Tom. And I, I don't know if a lot of people understand the circumstances just keep happening. That's why sure. there are circumstances. And a lot of people right. say, well, well, you know, I'll, I can control this and I, but what I can't control, I, I will, I will let go. Well, it's fine if the circumstances are less than lethal, but mm-hmm. what you, what we're looking at with a hot war going on, uh, not that far from, from, from Europe, uh, with all the other things, there's a lot of potential now for um, the circumstances to gain more power. Uh, and, and because they, they are not addressed by the largest possible counterforces, which would be companies like you're, you're, you're involved with now, who can assert, who can start changing systems to the extent that more people are less disgusted and more hopeful. So uh, it would be wonderful if that happens while we're still on earth. (laughs) What what did it mean? Yeah, well, you know, know, I'm a little sooner than later. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm a little closer to the dirt nap than the people I'm talking to. But the the thing that I keep coming back to is I would settle for listening up and giving people the benefit of the doubt. Okay, that that it, you know, that to me would be a major step forward. I was I was I was struck. I was watching the January sixth um, hearings Hearing. last night, the yeah. prime time slot. And the high point for me was the clip where Senators McConnell and Schumer were in the same room. I'm assuming with the leadership of the Senate, mm-hmm. and they were both saying to the Secretary of Defense. Okay, was a young man came from special forces, was I think the I don't know the fourth or fifth Secretary of Defense. Had yeah. only been there a couple of hours. Yeah, he and, barely. And he, yeah, and he would. They were basically saying, "How quickly can you clear this place? Because we need to get on with." And this was Senator McConnell saying, "The people's business." Yeah, I was very okay. encouraged. To- and, and and Schumer yeah. Schumer said. Uh, you know, this will take days. And uh, the Secretary of Defense said, I'm not on the ground, but give me five hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so that discourse during <laughs> a really bad day yeah. made, made, me, made me feel hopeful that, you know, people could put beside their disagreements, which they have, mm-hmm. they can put beside their aspirations, which would be to, you know, have different outcomes yeah. but they essentially said okay look this is our job yeah you know we're here to do this you know both the both the senators and the secretary in fairness mm-hmm. you know that's their job so they're they you know essentially said my job is to prosecute this work 
this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how long it's going to take. That that's going back to the issue here that we're we're talk we're hearing so much about in terms of the high potentials we're looking at is um, you don't want them to lose hope that we don't know what leadership means. That's the crucible that the discussion partners are struggling with is yeah. you don't want the circumstances to translate into a fact, uh, into uh, an assessment of your judgment. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that, that's, that's where my associates and I are essentially saying to, to, to our folks, you need to understand what's going on out there, okay? Yeah. You need to, you know, the assassination of the prime minister in Japan or the former prime minister in Japan, that, that, that hurts you. The 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 uh, the grain supplies in the, in the Ukraine that hurts you. The fact that uh, there is now a closer relationship between Russia and Iran that hurts you. Everything is going to hurt you, and you better understand where it's going to come from. Because if not, you're going to be blindsided by something. Because there's no good news coming for the short period of time. I don't know, Tom, of any formal way that we have prepared uh, the younger business leaders for what you've just told them. The way the traditional business school prepares an MBA uh, is like, read, read the financials and the rest, right. you know, kind right. of falls into place. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but uh, it, it's certainly not, um, <laughs> it's, it's, they haven't learned to discuss Right. Like, like you, 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 your whole company is about that, and I'm not talking about with each other about how it, how they're going to get through the day. I'm talking about joining the larger discussions that have to be take take place are taking place, and because they can only get so much of this intelligence that you're talking about coming in through media, and right. and then they have to be uh, bold enough to entertain discussions with almost anyone from any of the sectors where a lot of this stuff was raining down. And, and that means they got to get out of their office. If, if they've gone back, they've got to be more uh, fluid in their movements in terms of where, with, with whom they, they speak at the local level, state, national, global. Uh, the days of having a nice executive chair to sink into and then start pulling the re the levers. I don't think right. they're. I think they're done and done and done. But you're well, the we, you're the you're the guru here. I I'm just yeah, throwing we, stuff at we, you. We we refer to it as the leadership sandwich, which is <laughs> we're re we're recommending three things to both the high potentials as well as the uh, C suite. You know, now's a good time to put down the Wall Street Journal and pick up a biography of Winston Churchill. Yep. Okay, and start looking at, you know, this was a flawed human being, okay, who got overtaken by circumstances and rose to the occasion. He rose to the moment. FDR was referred to by Oliver Wendell Holmes as, uh, as a second-rate intellect, but, you know, among the more engaging people that he had ever met. And that engagement is what, you know, you know got him elected president four times. Yep. The, the, the issue is you need to understand how that worked for them. Mm -hmm. And as the circumstances that we're at encouraging people to be um, 
the other part of the sandwich here, as the circumstances arise, you know, have an organized way of thinking about leaders when they've been tested. Mm. Okay. As these circumstances arise, what were the things you learned from studying those leaders that you translate into how you lead? Yeah, I like that. Story to story. Yeah. Their story to my story. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all a process. We all assimilate good and bad. Okay. Lessons yeah. learned from other people. Yes, we do. Uh, so, you know, rather than just rely on assimilation, you know, start going to school on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's the advice we're given. The, and, and, you know, to, to, uh, it, with, when your organizations like these folks that are, that are uh, involved in inclusive capitalism, Take a stand on a societal issue here, not because it's something that is one of your pet issues, but because it's good business. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we've talked in previous sessions, David, about the the organizations, the companies in Europe, and that, that, that evolved uh, this concept called purpose driven capitalism. Yeah. That you know, I mean, they, I don't know who coined that phrase, but they they you know they ought to build a statue for them because that just sums it all up. Mm -hmm. And that, that is the principle by which we need to be thinking about some of these um, challenges, you know, regardless if you're a conservative Democrat or Republican in the United States, or regardless if you're uh, uh, a Tory or a liberal in the UK, or regardless, I'm, I'm going to pick on Peru is to, whether or not you're lean towards socialism or lean towards moderate moderate capitalism, you know it doesn't make any difference. That's no longer the problem. The problem is, what are we going to do about the challenges, and what can you do about it based on where you sit or where you want to be sitting in the future? Yeah, that's and a good that's, way to pin. That does it. That, that's that's the message we're trying yeah. to get across. I mean, yeah. one of the things we're working with a, a law firm right now that's going through a successor, a succession issue, and what we have found, and with with the with the support of the managing partner, okay, is the high potential development has got nothing to do with making the future leaders that are going to be succeeding him better lawyers. They're good lawyers now. Yeah, it's how to make them better leaders mm-hmm. as lawyers. So that the next generation of that company has has a future and will grow. Okay, so I so. hear I hear the word "do," and I'm going to reemphasize it because contemplating, discussing, thinking, all of those are precursors. But what I think I hear you now saying, Tom, it's time for the doing. It's time to for the doing because that's where we're going to really test what we know, what we can, cannot do. There's, there's no more time for just reflecting and just uh, navel-gazing. And, and that call to action, and I'm taking it now to the younger potential uh, leaders, they're looking at the, the ones who have the, the authority to do something, and they're saying, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Right. And And because if you're not doing something that's going to fix some of these huge or move us in that direction of, of counteracting some of these circumstances, uh, we're certainly not going to work for you. Uh, we're certainly not going to vote for you or whatever else you want from us. We're going to find a way to do it ourselves. 
Well, we, 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 you know, I mean, we're. I think that's called a revolution. <laughs> yeah, well, well, or an evolution, or an evolution of thinking. Be, I, think I, we're going to do I it ourselves. <laughs> if I take it back to your original uh, example here, is you know, I don't, I don't, I want to make sure that I know where that water supply is to the hose to put out that fire. Yeah. Okay. I want to make. I do not want to be surprised by that. Yeah. And, and and the other issue is, and if we translate it into doing, okay, um, there's three constituencies here. One is your younger people. Mm-hmm. The second is the peer, but the third is your customers. Yeah. All right. And if you're if you're sitting on the sidelines, and or you know promoting uh, concepts that people just are not supportive of. Yeah. then, you know, your customers are going to suffer. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's um, by, by association, you know, they're in, not going to wear your logo with pride. <laughs> well, they, well, they're rather, you know, I mean, you know, right now, um, you know, I, I used, I used to, you know, use the, the Muhammad Ali pity the fool yeah. of somebody who went from Arthur Anderson to Enron. Yeah. Okay, you know, and I I know a couple of those people. Okay, great people had nothing to do with the the the, the scandals in either or both, but it did hurt them. Yeah, you know, yeah. it did the, the 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 you know the absence of the failure of leadership in both of those organizations. Yeah, that led to led to their elimination from the marketplace. Yeah, it was uh, you know, it's uh, that that's what can happen if you don't pay attention. We've only got a couple more minutes, and I and uh, I, I am really fixating now on that notion of not finding the water to put out the fire. So right. let's give me a little bit more of what that what what is that water uh, that we are going to have to count on to put out these uh, these these yeah. negative trends. You know, I'm Boston based and we're, we're thrilled to pieces that David Ortiz, the first round is going into the hall of fame this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know, I read his autobiography. Okay. And one of the things I was struck by is the preparation that he and Manny Ramirez back in the, at the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, period of time where they were stars in Boston Mm -hmm. is to how much time they got ready for whatever picture was coming up against them, whatever the weather was, whatever the sunlight was going to be is how exhausting their preparation was. Yeah. That's so when I'm, when I'm looking at, you know, the people who've excelled, Okay, uh, the regimens of the people that we admire from the sports, and I translate mm-hmm. that into the commercial and leadership as leadership. Mm-hmm. It's it's set ambitious goals, get disciplined, and focus on getting ready. Yeah, because you know, do not rely on luck that you're not going to be challenged. Because you know, I would rather take the view that. Be ready when it happens. Be ready to know where that water supply is when there's a fire. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and, and I, I find some hope in that. I find the study that Peter Vale and I initiated together, and I continue 
looking right. at the in particularly the individual, but never in isolation of their situation, system, and circumstances. My point though, in looking at the individual like like I'm looking at you, is I I think that practice is an elevation of readiness that we do for something that matters to us that we never let drop. So we get ever more ready, like Manny Ortez. I'm sure he was in training right up to the last day. This is, Some of this these... Manny, uh, I can't let that one go. Oh, David no, no. Ortiz, Manny Ramirez. I know I know you're a New York Yankee band, but you know, but, you know, I'm talking about the, the guy who runs uh, the Botego yeah, down. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, you don't want to, you know, Manny Ortez. Like you don't they, want to use leadership uh, uh, I, I listeners. For I may have to edit this piece out just because <laughs> yeah. I what a what a faux pas. But anyway, my point is uh, the 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 commitment to uh, never being less ready than the day before and more ready the next day. That can translate to a lot of places. But let's put it in summary then to the expectation we have to have of people leading every sort of institution we count on right. right down to the people who are preparing for the November 22 elections in little towns like mine. Uh, are these people scared? Are they worried? Are they, are they uh, going to back off or are they going to be committed to their, uh, their ethics and their oath and be very ready for the next election and on all you name the institution and the people we count on are serious practitioners of their craft or their art or their obligation as leaders. I think that, you know, I mean, if I refer back to the yours and Peter's theory of practice and I extend it into the book that mm -hmm. you wrote that just came out, yeah. what, you know, what, what I looked at, in terms, if I can soundbite the work that you've done and the scholarship and thought leadership that you've both collaborated on, it's elevating practice with the imprimatur is get ready now for whatever happens. Okay. And that, that's, that's actually the, what we're realizing is it's not an issue of complacency. It's an issue of you're, you know, I'm using a military term here is do not limit your awareness of what a threat matrix is right now, because it is very, very broad. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're engaging in uh, looking at declines of institutions, if we're engaging in actually serious discussions about threats to democracy, inflation running close to 10 percent. Mm -hmm. Difficulty finding good people, supply chain problems, climate change, all of the above. Dude and dudette sitting where a leadership chair or aspiring to be a leader, you better know what the hell's going on outside because if you are not aware, you will get hurt. It, it is inevitable. And indirectly, the people working for you get hurt, your customers get hurt, everybody loses. Wow. Well, this is a very rollicking. Fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, you know, Friday afternoon in 90 degree temperatures, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm reaching for a drink and I don't even. <laughs> yeah, but I know. But I, I love I love the fact that you you say these things 
And yet I always hear this ring of possibility in your voice, Tom. You're, you see this stuff, you, you counsel people in it, you write about it. Uh, but l- let me ask one more question while I'm, my, my clock has got a, an inch or two more in it. Uh, how do you keep yourself up on a day-to-day basis? You know, the thing is that the I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but I think that there's more good people than not good people. Okay. Okay. I think there's more unselfish people than selfish people. Okay. What and I but what I also am am impressed by there's a, there's a, a a gentleman that I know who's on TV a lot. He was a client. Still work. We're still working with the organization. His name is Ian Bremer. Okay. I've heard that name, sure. Yeah, he is Dr. Ian Bremer, uh, the Eurasia Group. His most recent book is he disaggregated the challenges that are facing the world. And he wrote about them, analyzed them. But he basically, at the end of the day, in his most recent book, he essentially trans- transmitted optimism, saying, you know, hey, we can deal with that. You know, and, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is, let's not get intimidated by the challenges and, you know, run and hide and, you know, cry for our mothers. These are really serious things. And, 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 you know, I, I, I remember, I remember, I think I wrote a, a testimonial for the book on something where, and I know the man. Okay. And, and they, so I was able to personalize and saying, it was nice to be able to put down a book that's really should have been depressing me and feel optimistic versus asking the question, is it too early for a single vault? Okay. And, and that, that was exactly how, you know, I mean, when I'm out there interacting with my clients, it's like, um, there's, there's a military metaphor here is unless somebody died, there still should be hope. Yeah. You know, so, you know, learn from what happened and then move on, but get ready. Human ingenuity, man. We we we've yeah. uh, we've seen it our whole career. But it, but it, David, it has. To, I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir. It, it it has to go beyond platitudes. I mean, I, I hate hearing, you know, we can do this, we can do this. Okay, you know, from somebody who you know hasn't spent the time to get ready to deal yeah. with it. Let's let's underscore and re-underscore that point, Tom, because it it is awfully important advice for any of us regardless of our role in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's whatever's coming, we're not sure. We can't be as sure. So yeah. let's get ready. Let's just get yeah. ready and act as soon as you know you can. Yeah, I mean, we saw that we saw the visible manifestation uh, last night on the, the January 6th thing. You had the Senator Hawley, you know, I'm with you all the way. And then, <laughs> you know, running in fear of his life within hours after. Okay. And what did you think was going to happen, Senator? You know, that's those are the things that you, you come back is, what is a leader in a business do you think will happen if you're not ready? That's right. Well, thank you, sir. Once again, I, and you know, I'm gonna reach, I'll be chasing another conversation. Hopefully, you will be able to talk about the fact that you're finding people getting more and more ready. That, oh, would, be, that, that would be cool. I, this is a, we're very back because what 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 makes you optimistic. I know they're out there, frankly, and 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 I, I know that at the end of the day, there's more people like that than those people who are running through the hall after they raise their fist. Thank you again, Tom. You take care, David. 
Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, and, and one more thing. How could I forget? The book On Practice as a Way of Being is available now in digital form, something that would be new, like podcasting to many of us. And it's a, a great way of learning more and more about what this podcast presented when Peter Vale and I originated it several years ago. So please come to www.mylibrary, one word, dot world slash practice, and you'll see what I mean. Thank you.